morning happy sunday amen this is the lord's day where we all get the honor and privilege right of gathering together as the saints right what an honor what a privilege all right so welcome also to everybody watching online uh thank you thank you so much just an honor to have an online audience as well so it's been two or three weeks since i was able to do this uh in case you're wondering what happened and you don't know my back went completely whack just psh, comes to find out uh, i had a bad disc um, in my lower back and i had to have back surgery so a lower back surgery about a week and a half ago now but praise god here i am you know you can't see the back brace i'm wearing underneath this so i'm wearing a lower back brace but hey praise god hey all right it gives grace to, to be able to do this um so there's that uh let's see what else is going on all right so next sunday will be the last sunday i'm preaching for a week uh so keep us in your prayers me and my wife have to travel to south africa all right we're going to go pick up our oldest son um why are we flying over to pick him up because he has uh, epilepsy so he cannot travel by himself and also the opportunity to bring the word of god uh in south africa what an honor what a privilege so keep us in your prayers for that um so there's that um uh, yeah so just making real quick changes to I'm going to be making some little changes, tweaking, uh, restoring your voice and everything. Like I do a weekly Q&A if you don't know. So if you don't watch the podcast or listen to the podcast, you're missing out. If you don't watch it live, you're really missing out where you can ask me questions, uh, Bible-based questions, and this cover for anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter, believer, unbeliever, regardless. Anyway, so there's that. Uh, can't think of anything else right now. So let's hop right on in. All right. So we're, we're covering a hot topic button. Uh, hot topic button hot topic that is not covered in unfortunately and i hate to say this way but it's true the majority of pulpits around america are silent on the subject of what does the bible actually say about homosexuality all right that that's what we're covering today because it's not what i say or think that matters right it's not what somebody else says or thinks that matters it's only what god says that matters on the subject and any subject like this so I, i'm my my whole goal today is to equip you as well just to tell others what does god have to say all right i'm going to cover a lot today so bear with me got a lot to go through but believe me it's well worth it all right because my job is to equip the saints for the good works of christ in accordance with the biblical command in ephesians chapter 4 so that's what i'm doing i got a lot of topic we're going to get nerdy today we're going to do a deep dive. This is going to be great uh, expository preaching and teaching today. We're going to get into the Greek. We're going to get to all of that. Why? So that you can give answers to a lot of objections out there. Now, can I cover every objection? Probably not. There's always some weird, wacko viewpoint rearing its ugly head. You know, all I have to do is go on Twitter, probably TikTok, um, to find it. But you'll be able to give answers to actually what the bible has to say and you will be able to refute objections so yes i am also equipping you in the realm of apologetics by the way apologetics is a biblical command for every believer out there to give a reason for hope that is within you to give a defense for the faith amen that's what i'm going to do this morning for you all right so let's let's come before our, our holy god lord we pray that you bless this message lord i'm just a vessel I humble myself before the almighty God, the Lord of lords, the King of kings this morning. 
Lord, may, may, may this message go out far and wide. Lord, may it bring conviction upon those who may be trapped in this lifestyle. May it offer the freedom. Lord, Lord, let the subject that, that this is sin. This is a born. This is an abomination in your eyes. Go far and wide, Lord. And let your Holy Spirit conviction fall on those who may hold, who may be affirming on this situation. Or, Lord, we know you are Lord of lords and King of kings. And what you say goes, and that's, that's it. Is. It is what it is. So, so let us do this, Lord, today. Or by your power, by your might only. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, only what God has to say on this matters, right? Now, God, let me just bring up this real quick. So God, you'll find out, and it's a common objection, right? Well, uh, well, if this touches such an important sin, right, why? Why isn't it, it mentioned so frequently in Scripture? Why, why, why is that, right? It's a common objection, right? I mean, we have a host of other sins that are mentioned in Scripture, right? Adultery, fornication, things like that. Well, but what about this specific sin of homosexuality or same-sex attraction, right? Both are sins, by the way. Well, why? First off, you're thinking about this the wrong way, right? Because while it, it's not mentioned as frequently as other sins, well, it's because God's, God's design was for heterosexuality in the beginning. In the beginning, this was God's original design, right? It wasn't Adam and Adam, right? It wasn't Eve and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. One man, one woman from the very beginning. So this is God's original plan. Amen? This is God's original plan. So you got to think about it that way. All right? Um, also, let's, let's, as we go through these, remember, I'm going to point this out. And you can do the search for yourself. In fact, I encourage you always, 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 always fact check me. All right? Always study the Bible for yourself. If you're not studying the Bible for yourself, you're already wrong. But there is no scripture, not one single reference in scripture that is that affirms homosexuality. In other words, there's not one single positive reference in the Bible that you will find that that okays, that God says, you know, it's okay in this circumstance, or I love them, it's okay, all right? The fact of the matter, yes, God loves all people, that Christ died for all people, for all sins, for all time, amen? Which means he offers everybody freedom from sin, regardless of the sin, amen? But that doesn't mean he affirms it at all, all right? He offers transformation, not affirmation. Get that in your heads right today. Christ does not offer affirmation in for sin. He offers transformation from sin, amen? Let, let's get that, all right? So remember that. So these are talking points today. All right, as, as, you're, as you're listening to this, make sure you're taking notes. But I'm going to share these notes later on because I want you to be able to give these talking points to those that you know, and I guarantee you know people who are trapped in the homosexual lifestyle, right? It doesn't matter if they're in a relationship. It doesn't matter um, if they're celibate. doesn't matter. I, I want you to be able to share these with your friends and family, right, who, who are, and I guarantee you, you know at least one person, if not more, by the way. And to put share those, share these with people who, who, who may not be homosexual, but are affirming of it, 
you need to share this with them, right? Okay, so first, first, let's, we're going to dig into, let's dive into the Old Testament. What does the Old Testament say about this? All right, so first point, point number one, the Old Testament. All right, homosexuality goes against God's design for humanity, which I just, which I mentioned briefly, right? But more so than that, getting into the details, is God's design is only, is for only male and female, right? In other words, two, because two members of the same sex cannot procreate, right? A woman and woman, a man or a man, they cannot have children. It's literally biologically impossible, regardless if whatever you identify as, you can identify as a female all you want, but it doesn't mean you can give birth, right? So the scriptures, right? What do the scriptures say? Well, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Amen? So male and female, remember that. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that comes on the earth. So, as we can see here, right, God designed us for heterosexuality. Remember that. This is his design. For first, he says male and female. Why? Why? Why, why such an illustration? Because this is his design. God is telling us that this is his original design. This is my original, original design. This is what God is telling us, right? And then he goes further than that. Not only is, is it male and female, but also for the purposes of having children. And as I said, a man and a man or a woman and a woman cannot have children. I don't care what you call it. I don't care unless, you know, all the different science experiments that are out there today. That's what I call it anyways. Right? Only by, by doing that, and I'm trying to keep this PG as possible, but you take a man's sperm and a woman's egg, you take them out of the body, you match them up in a tube, right? That is outside of God's natural order for having children. In other words, God's natural order was for one man to marry one woman, for the two to become one, and for them to have children together. That is God's design. Anything outside of that design is an abomination. Anything outside of that design is sin, no matter which way you cut it. All right? Continuing on uh, under this point. God says that only a man and a woman can become one through consummation of marriage, right? It says here in Genesis 2, uh, cha uh, chapter 2, verses 23 to 24. Then Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She, she will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and, the, and they will become one flesh. Right? Why, well, why did Adam say that? Because Eve was taken out of him. They, they joined back together in this beautiful thing called sex that God designed. Amen? Only, only one man, one woman. That's it. One man, one woman. 
can only 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 in in the eyes of God, they are they are the only ones that that can become one, right? They are the only ones that are married. It's one man and one woman. So I don't care what senator out there says what, okay? I don't I don't care what our president says, Congress, whatever, right? What God says matters. So this quote unquote respect for marriage. I can I say quote unquote because it's anything but respect for God's design on marriage. It's an abomination in God's eyes. And God will never bless a homosexual marriage, ever, in any way, shape, or form. He's against it. Not only is he against it, but he's against it vehemently so. Why would you say, well, prove it to me? Well, so glad you said that, because I'm about to. All right, so continuing on in the book of Genesis real quickly, all right, for my next sub-point. Is it is the sin of the Amorites and the Canaanites? All right. The the major sins of these people included sexual morality. Now it also included sacrificing children to Molech, but the main the main crux was sexual immorality practiced by this culture at that time. Right? So sexual immorality not limited to, but including homosexuality, right? So God spoke to a man named Abram, all right, who would later be renamed Abraham. So God is making a covenant with him. He's telling him, hey, 400 plus years from now, right, your descendants are going to inherit the land. Now, it says here in Genesis 15, 16, in the fourth generation, your descendants will return here. Where, where is here? The modern land of, land of Israel. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Amen. Now, some of you may think, well, God, he's just this mean monster. He's just so wrong for what he did. But you're thinking about it yet again the wrong way. Because you see, God gave them 400 years to repent. That's how merciful God is. I want, I want to get that across this morning as well. God is merciful. right? He is, the Bible says that he is not patient as we are patient. Amen. We we whew. I think my I thank God for this every day. Because he should have wiped me out a long time ago. But God is not patient as we are patient. Amen. He was kind enough. He was merciful enough. He was loving enough to give these people 400 years roundabout to repent of their sin of sexual morality. But they did not. That's the that that's the deal break. They did not. They could have. They very well had that choice, but they did not, and they refused. So fast forward in the book of Leviticus, right? Now, God is telling his people, he's telling his people what's about to happen, right? He's giving them, whether you, I don't care whether you like it or not, I have no problem with God because he's God and he can do whatever he wants. But he's going to tell them, hey, you need to go in there, right? You can't practice what they practice, and you need to wipe them out. For good reason. So here, next sub point here. That, that God did not punish the nations. And when I say the nations, it means everybody not of Israel. So God did not punish the nations, remember this, for failing to observe, say, for instance, dietary laws, right? In other words, they weren't eating kosher, so now he punished them. Or they didn't wear tassels on their garments. Or it was the way they trimmed their beard. Or, or many other um, laws that were given only for the children of Israel, 
to mark them as a holy and separate people. No, he's punishing them for breaking the moral laws, which are still for us today. Remember that. All right. Let me say that one more time for you. The moral laws are for us, are still for us for today. They never went away, ever. And we'll, we'll get into that later when we get into the New Testament. But I want you to read, I want to read this for you. So in Leviticus 18, 22 and 24 to 25, it says, You shall not lie with a man <clears throat> as one does with a woman. It is an abomination. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways. For in these practices, the nations I am casting out before you have defiled themselves, and the land has become defiled. Therefore, I have punished its iniquity, and the land has vomited out her inhabitants. This, this is God speaking. This is the seriousness. This is what God says. When, 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 when homosexuality is practiced across a nation, it defiles that nation. So. Here we are in America. We have the White House trying to push this Respect for Marriage Act onto the, onto the entire nation, right? So, so what do you think is is, is going to be the result of that? If you don't think, if you take this lightly, well, what do you think is going to be the result of that? Oh, I see here. Well, the land will become defiled. The entire land. I don't care where in the land you're from. I don't care where. It defiles the land. So what do you think is the next step after that? What do you think is going to happen after that? God is a righteous judge. God has his holy standards. So, so we've already shed blood in the tens of millions. I don't know what number we're up to right now. But we've already shed blood in the tens of millions here. Of, of, of babies, of innocent babies. All for the sake of pleasure. All for the sake of sexual morality. Adultery, fornication, things like that. Okay? Which God mentions, by the way, and you can read Leviticus 18 and 20 for yourself. Yet, now, now we're going into this very, something that God takes very seriously that goes against his command for us. What do you think is going to happen next? Oh, let's see. Well, looking back, says, the land has vomited out our inhabitants. Do you, do you, if you think for one second that, that, that America is so super special that we can't be touched, you're already in the wrong mindset. If you think we have a covenant equal to the covenant of Israel, you're already wrong. And oh, by the way, because the Israelites eventually started practicing this stuff, what happened? The land vomited out its inhabitants. Right? They were taken into captivity. They were no longer in Israel. Somebody else took over it. First it was the Babylonians, then it was the Persians that were living there. Okay. So you think God can't do the same thing to America today? Oh, you got nothing coming, friends. This is serious. This is that serious. And just go a little bit more nerdy. I'm going to thank Dr. Michael Brown for this help. So maybe it's cheating on my sermon notes. I don't know. But anyway, so in case a common objection might be raised, that, well, in the Hebrew, the word sexual immorality doesn't specifically mention homosexuality, and you would be correct on that. However, just because there's not a Hebrew word for it, 
doesn't mean it's not spelled out in Hebrew, which it is. And I, by the way, I also looked this up myself. So, so what example I can think of is saying, um, I drove to the doctor's office, right? There's not one word in English to say I drove to the doctor's office, right? But does it mean I didn't say I drove to the doctor's office? Did I mean something completely different? Did it mean I had a, a, a Zoom call with my doctor? No, of course not. It's ridiculous. So it is specifically spelled out in the Hebrew. And if you want to know a good resource to check out, go to NET Bible. Okay, that's NET Bible, right? You can bring up the Old Testament and the Hebrew side by side. You, you put your cursor over the English and highlights the word the word in Hebrew. So, therefore then, therefore, my last sub point, is God gave these sexually moral laws for all people for all time. Remember, let me just reiterate, God did not punish the nations for breaking food laws. All right? God did not punish the nations for not sacrificing to him or any of that. He punished the nations for sexual immorality. That's what he punished them for. So these stand are statutes for all time. Now you say, well, are you sure about that? I'm looking at my son. He loves saying that. Are you sure about that? What about the New Testament? Because did Jesus even mention this? Well, I'm so glad you, you raised that objection. So, point number, next point, the New Testament. All right? So, the question is then, right, did Jesus actually ever talk about homosexuality as a sin? Well, pause. He didn't have to mention it specifically because when he was on his earthly ministry, he was only ministering to the Jews in Israel. That was it, right? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. That, that's, that's what his message was too. Them and them only, right? Check out the scriptures for yourself. So therefore, he didn't need to specifically mention homosexuality, a sin that was strictly forbidden by first century Jews. This is not something that was practiced by Jews at that time. It was strictly forbidden. As a Jew living, especially in Israel, you would never even think about practicing this. Because guaranteed, if you were, they, well, back then, they would stone you to death for it. All right? I'm not adv advocating any violence here. I'm just trying to give you a historical context here. All right? I'm not let, me, let me just make that perfectly clear. I am not advocating violence. Violence against a person for their sin is wrong, as wrong can be. Thou shalt not murder. Remember that. Remember that. So, reiterate real quick. Did he ever talk about homosexuality as a sin? Well, he didn't need to specifically mention that specific sin because it was not a sin that was practiced in the first century by the Jews. But, next up point, Jesus did address this, though. We'll get into that. So, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verses 19 through 28. For out of their hearts, for, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immorality, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So, Jesus mentioned a host of sins. Let's just keep that in mind before we highlight 
homosexuality as the sin of sins. Right? He mentioned a host of other sins that defile us, that defiles a person, makes, makes him unclean. Right? Jesus is using this language for a reason because he's talking to a Jewish audience who would have understood what it meant to be unclean, what it meant to be defiled. Right, He was talking to, to a Jewish audience who would have understood the Torah, who would have understood the purity laws, who, who knew what God had to say on this. They would have understood this thinking. Now, a common objection, this is one I've seen lately, is about sexual morality. The Greek word doesn't mean homosexuality. It just means this one thing. Well, <coughs> okay, is that true? Okay, well, this sub point should be on the screen. Sexual immorality. The Greek word for this is porneia, right? Where we get our modern English word pornography from. Now, of course, this doesn't, the word doesn't mean looking at that kind of junk and filth on a computer screen or magazine. It doesn't mean that, by the way. But porneia. So what is the actual Greek definition? Well, it says here, illicit sexual intercourse, right? And then it goes on to explain it. Well, how do we know what that means? Ah, right, here we go. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anything outside of God's original design, marriage between one man, one woman, right, to consummate and to procreate, or in other words, to have sex, have children, anything outside of that is sexual immorality. To include, not limited to, but to include homosexuality. That's God's word. Not only that, but my other next sub point is that Jesus affirmed God's stance on marriage between only being only between one man and one woman, right? So we have the Pharisees asking Jesus, right? What's, what about this whole divorce thing? What is that? Da, da, da. Well, Jesus gives his original plan, right? He's God, amen? He's God, right? Him speaking in Genesis is, is him speaking, by the way. It says in Matthew 19, uh, verses 4 through 6, and he answered, have you not read, which when you hear that, have you not read, by the way, it's, it, Jesus is about to drop some scripture bombs on people. All right, have you not read affirms what is scripture, by the way. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Didn't we just, didn't I just read about that in the book of Genesis? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Okay, so what has God joined together? Marriage between one man and one woman. Jesus reaffirms it. Now, did Jesus ever affirm a man and a man or a woman and a woman? No. I said at the beginning, there is not one single affirmation of homosexuality mentioned in the scriptures. Between the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation, it's not there and you won't find it. So, once again, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. By the way, 
Jesus highlights father and mother. Why? Because that's God's natural design. Not for a father and a father. Not for a mother and a mother. Right? If it's two guys, who's the mother? There is none. If it's two women, who's the father? There is none. And the two shall become one flesh. So a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Not husband and husband. Not wife and wife. This is God's design, and Jesus is affirming it yet again. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, moving on to my next up point. God calls homosexuality dishonorable against his ordained natural function and shameful. So we've, we've been talking about that. Well, here, Brother Paul comes along in Romans chapter 1, which many of you should be familiar with. Right? So Romans chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. For this reason, right, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature, lesbianism, right, to women. Likewise, the men, leaving the natural function of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another. Men with men doing that which is shameful. And receiving in themselves the due penalty of the error. What is that due penalty of the error? Damnation for eternity. Damnation for eternity. Notice I didn't say, what is that heresy out there today again? Annihilationism. There we go. We're, somehow, poof, God called, we cease to exist somehow. One day I'm going to have to confront that heresy in a sermon, but that's not today. But notice, notice once again the language in, in this verse up here, in this verse. Dishonorable passions, leaving a natural function, and which is shameful. This is God's word. Amen? This is God's word himself. This is God speaking. Well, Paul wrote it. Yeah. But God is speaking through Brother Paul. Amen? Next up point. God says anyone who is sexually immoral in any way, shape, or form to include homosexuals will not be a part of his kingdom in any way. So for those of you out there who have this weird heretical notion that the scripture, every one day, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and somehow you equate that to salvation, wrong. I think, I think, I think God knows exactly what he means, by the way. So, let me read this real quick. This is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. This is the uh, NET. So I'm using the NET for this one because I think it gives the best uh, English translation for this. It says, Do you not know that the righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So I believe God knows what he's saying. I believe if God wants you to make the point that, well, don't worry about it, because one day, someday, you'll, you'll get there. <coughs> don't worry about it. I, I believe God, God would have put that in, in the text. So this phrase, inherit, now you may think, well, that just means when God's kingdom is here. That's, that's what that actually means. No, 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 no. Inherit. Inherit also means 
They get part of something, right? You can get part of an inheritance. Amen? You can get part of an inheritance. So inherit is what God wants to give us. That's what they, that's basically what it means. So to think that, no, 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 that means a far-off day is completely wrong. Now, if you want to say, well, it's happened and has yet to happen, yeah, okay, I can go with that. Amen? Right? It, the kingdom of God has come, and it also has yet to come. Amen? Yeah, we can go with that. But to say, no, it only means far off is, is wrong. Right? Let's continue on the scripture. He says, do not be deceived. All right? Don't be deceived. Don't let people pull the wool over your eyes. Right? Don't let them try to give you some weird roundabout explanations for things. This, don't, go, don't do TikTok theology. All right? <laughs> except, except if you follow me on TikTok, then I'm okay. The sexual, no, I am a TikTok, so you can follow me on TikTok for 60-second theologies, okay? The sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, passive homosexual partners, practicing homosexuals, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, the verbally abusive, and swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, Paul mentions sexually immoral, and we covered what that means in the Greek, amen? And it covers homosexuality specifically. But then Paul goes further on to address this specific. Why did Paul do that? Jesus didn't do it. But Paul did it. So, so Paul must be wrong. Wrong. So why did Paul mention homosexuality explicitly when Jesus didn't? Well, the sub point is that homosexuality was viewed by Jews as exclusive to the Gentiles. To them it was those outsiders, everybody who was not a Jew who practices in the known world at the time. Remember, homosexuality was forbidden. However, where was Paul's ministry? His ministry was to whom? The Gentiles. Where, where homosexuality was practiced, whether it was casually, whether it was through prostitution, whether it was visiting the current temple, and there were the cult prostitutes, who practiced this kind of thing? It, it, basically, it was normative. All right, it was not frowned upon at all. And you can look up, you can research all this for yourself. You can look it all up. Trust me, you will verify. So, let's, let, now let's break down these terms in the Greek. What what do they actually mean? So here up on your screen <coughs> should be. So it says that this includes passive homosexuals. Okay. So the Greek word is malakoi, all right, which means soft, soft to the touch, metaphorically in a bad sense, right? Not literally soft to the touch, you know, unless you eat too much pizza or something. It might be soft to the touch. Anyway, um, effeminate, keep that one, keep that, I want you to keep that one in mind, effeminate, all right, <clears throat> of a catamite, of a boy kept for homosexual relations with a man, okay? Of a male who submits his body to unnatural lewdness of a male prostitute. Okay, so let's 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 break this down. I told you we're going to get nerdy today. Notice it says effeminate. Now I've seen in in recent times people get people get upset at this. In other words, <clears throat> people get upset when oh you know you need to be a manly pastor. I agree with that. 
that that effeminate men should not be be in a pulpit. I agree with that. Why? An effeminate man, right? In other words, a female-like man is goes against God's creative design. Yeah. So God says, nope, effeminate, effeminate men, no bueno, no go. And you may say, well, what about what about me? Or what what about what what about this? What about that? And you know, what about this person? What about that guy? I'm, I'm sure he's a great man of God. Well, I well, not what the Bible says. But we'll we'll get we'll get into the solution at the end. So you don't want stick around. Make sure, by the way, you share this. Make sure you like it. <clears throat> Make sure you share this. Do whatever you can. Comment, comment, comment. Do whatever you can to get this message pushed out there. All right. The more you interact, the more you like it, the more you share it. The more this message will get pushed out there and recommended. Remember that. Okay, so moving on. An act of homosexual. Well, no, let me let me go back. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so a male who submits his body, and I, I would say that this would include somebody living a celibate lifestyle. Well, I'm a homosexual, but 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 I'm celibate. Well, that's a passive. It's still sin. And by the way, this would include same-sex desires. Well, I'm saved. I don't live that lifestyle. Well, the desires are still in you. Something God, God, God calls an abomination is still in you. Let me tell you what, friends, real quick. Okay, God doesn't set a man partially free. A man whom the Son sets free is free indeed, period. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. God never does anything half-handed. Ever. If you still have those same-sex desires, I guarantee, I guarantee you're effeminate. So an act of homosexuals, again, practicing homosexuals, which is, I'm going to mess this one up. I'm going to butcher this Greek up. Arsena, <coughs> Arsena Koitai. Hope I said that right. All right, this is one, now this is active. One who lies with a male as with a female, sodomite. Homosexual. This is the Greek meaning. I didn't put it in there. God did. So Paul mentions this to the Corinthian church, right? Now, now, why would he mention this to the Corinthian church? Well, because the church in Corinth was where? In Greece, right? And whether whether you were in Roman territory, which I know Greece was part of at the time, but point being. Whether you were a Roman, whether you were a Greek, this was your lifestyle. Your lifestyle was practicing this, normative. You didn't frown upon it. But now what happens, right? Now this message of, of the redemption of Jesus is brought, right? Paul goes, preaches, amen, they repent, a church is now planted. Praise God. So, so, so Paul highlights this because he wants to highlight to them the very next point, which is this. Amen. And I want you to get this, please. I want you to get this. If, if you ignored it so far, if you get nothing else out of this message, I want you to get it. Besides that, that, this, that homosexuality is sin and not just a sin, but it is an abomination. Amen. Which means it's worse than other sins. True. Let me just put that out there. That there is forgiveness of sins and freedom in Jesus. I want you to get that. 
All right. It's one thing to call what is sin, but but without offering redemption, well, I'm just up here with a whip. That's all I'm doing. I'm cracking a whip or I'm, I'm wielding a sword. But but Paul writes right after this, in the next verse, in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, such were some of you. Get this, get this message of redemption. He's telling them, no, this is who you were in the past. You gave into these desires. Amen? You were sexually immoral, right? You were sleeping around on your spouse. You were having sex outside of marriage. You were idolaters. You were adulterers. You were passive homosexual partners. You were practiced homosexuals. You were thieves. You were greedy. Drunkards. Oh, observably abusive. Swindlers. You were that. You, that's what you were. But, but, the but God moment. But you were washed. Amen. But you were washed. You were sanctified. Notice the past tense. You were sanctified. Not you are being sanctified. You were sanctified. And you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Woo! Getting anointed by myself all up here. Right? You were washed. Let me tell you what. When God washes a person, they are spotless. They are new. They're without spot or blemish. I told you, God doesn't do things halfway. He doesn't partially save anybody. Not a single person in the face of the earth has ever been or ever will be in the process of salvation. It is either you are or you are not. There's no in-between. You either are sanctified, Jesus did sanctify you were, or you were not. There is no process of sanctification listed in the Bible. I know people preach this and teach this stuff, but it's wrong. He sanctifies us. And by the way, the Greek word means holy. Sanctified also means saint, which means holy. You were made holy. Amen? You can use that language. You were sanctified. You were made holy. You were made a saint. You were transformed. Amen? You were taken out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And this is what Jesus is offering you today. So if you're out there listening right now, if you're watching live, if you're watching the replay, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, regardless, right now is your offer. Today is your moment for freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from any bondage whatsoever. To include, but not limited to, homosexuality. God won't do it halfway, by the way. He will set you free all the way. He will break those bondages. He will break those chains. Amen. You will no longer be a slave to sin, as Paul writes in Romans 6. Sin will never have, will no longer have control over you. But I'm telling you, it's not easy. All right, I'm not up here to tickle ears. I'm not up here to make people feel comfortable about, about themselves. Right? I'm not here to do any of that. And too often across the pulpit in America, salvation is preached as this easy peasy lemon breezy. Say these words, poof, like a Harry Potter spell. But that's not the way it works. It's going to cost you everything. Remember, I'm going to tell you that right now. This choice that you're, that you're about to make is going to cost you everything. Starting with your very life right now. You're going to have to make a choice to die to sin. You're going to have to make a choice to crucify your flesh which means kill it. You're going to have to kill that flesh 
with its lust and desires if you want to be raised to life with Jesus Christ. You know, Paul used this, used this language. I'm going I'm to go to it. I'm going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to Romans chapter 6 real quick. I want, I want you to get this. I think this is, this is too important to pass up. And obviously it's under the unction of the Holy Spirit, so I cannot pass it up. I can't be in disobedience to that. All right, let's see. Uh, there we are. So, this is Paul speaking. Romans 6, chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid! There you go, by the way, hyper-grace teachers. Yes, completely debunks that. Anyway, God forbid, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that we who that we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Amen. We died with him. That's a good thing. Therefore, remember every time you see a therefore in scripture, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like your attention, like. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. But it doesn't stop there, amen. That just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. If you want a newness of life, if you truly, truly desire freedom, it's there. But it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you your life. Not only is it going to cost you your life so that you can be... Raised to life with, with Christ, it's going to cost you a lot of friends and family, right? If the LGBTQ, XYZ, one, two, three community is your community, I guarantee you they're going to cast you off. Your family may cast you out. Jesus said it, by the way. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring the sword. In other words, in, in, in relation to Earthly relationships. You may be cast out of your family. But guess what? You, you, you want to inherit a better family. You, you just inherited the family of Christ, which is far bigger than any earthly family. I don't care if you're Catholic or not. I just say that because Catholics have huge families, man. You know, they, anyway. You inherited the family of Christ. It was connected around the world. So, my brother in Christ is also in Nigeria, is also in South Africa, is also in Antarctica, wherever it may be. We are all connected. One spirit. You inherited a new family, but it's going to cost you many earthly relationships. Amen? It comes, salvation comes at a great cost. I can't, I can't preach an easy message. I can preach a message of freedom, but I got to tell you, hey, this is not free. I know what's well, a free gift. Just take it. Uh-uh. Mm, wrong. It costs, but it's well worth it, friends. Let me just as I say there much. It is precious beyond precious. You know, Jesus makes his point to, to, to trade it for, for what? Gold that has been refined, he says in the book of Revelation. That's what you're that's what, that's what you're trading. Something that can't something. Let me tell you, friends, that, that there's no price upon. Priceless. And I tell you from experience. One who, who was filthy in, in sins. Amen. One, one who, who delighted at one point in time in sexual immorality. 
One, one who delighted. I'm not going to lie in pornography. And, and so much more. But that was then. All right? I, I was that. Amen? But then I was washed. And I was sanctified. And that's not who I am anymore. By the power of God. Because it's the power of God to set men free. That's your choice today. I can't make the choice for you. I can't make it for you. But I'm telling you, friends, if you feel the prick of God upon your heart drawing you to him today, don't, don't resist, please. Don't do that. I'll think about it. You don't know what's going to happen next. You have no idea. You could be watching this, listening to it. I don't know. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to get out my car now. Okay. I'm not doing that to fear anybody. I'm just trying to present reality. This is stuff that has actually happened. I've seen it. Or where people offer somebody salvation. They say, well, let me think about it. They walk out the church doors. Not long after that, boom, killed. True. Don't wait. Believe me. It's why, why wait for freedom anyways? Why wait? Most of the LGBTQ community knows something is wrong with them anyways. They, they know it. But I believe most of them just don't know that there is freedom. All right. So, friends, as we end, I actually went through the notes way faster than I thought I would. As we end, please, please share this. Use these talking points. I, I did this to equip you, saints. My whole thing was to do my best to equip you. That's all. All right. Later on, I will share the notes. All right. I'm going to try to post them on my website. So, davidcmcguire.org. David C, as in Charlie, mcguire.org. All right. So, hopefully, we can find them there. I may or may not post them on social media. But at the very least, I'll probably post a link to the notes. Why? Because I think this is absolutely essential for every believer to get. All right? That's my point. So let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you. You are holy. We thank you. You have a standard. And we thank you so much for the freedom that is offered to all who accept. All who accept the gift offered. All who are willing to repent. To die, life is waiting just on the other side. Lord, you know me. You know my past. But I thank you, God, that it's all been washed away. And I have been, in a very literal way, been set free. Because your word says so, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. May this message go out. May it bless everybody from all walks of life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, folks. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much. I know this, this was a break from going through the book of Ephesians, but do I continue through the book of Ephesians or am I obedient to God? Right? I got to pick obedience to God. Right? So anyway, thank you so much. Appreciate you all. God bless. Have a blessed week.